0: I'm Erin Holt, and this is the Functional Nutrition Podcast, where we lean into intuitive functional medicine. We look at how diet, our environment, our emotions, and our beliefs all affect our physical health. This podcast is your full-bodied, well-rounded resource. I've got over a decade of clinical experience, and because of that, I've got a major bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model. They're both failing so many of us. But functional medicine isn't the panacea that it's made out to be either. We've got some work to do, and that's why creating a new model is my life's work. I believe in the ripple effect, so I founded the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school in mentorship for practitioners who want to do the same. This show is for you if you're looking for new ways of thinking about your health and you're ready to be an active participant in your own healing. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. I would love for you to follow the show, rate, review, and share, because you never know whose life you might change. And of course, keep coming back for more. Hello, my friends. Today, we're going to talk about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. We're going to get all into it, but First, I want to remind you that this is the last day of our functional Friday sales. All of our programs and courses are on mega sale right now, and that ends at midnight tonight, Tuesday. So if you've been thinking about it, now is your chance. I also have an announcement for you, and that is I am taking a sacred pause. It has been a really big year. My team and I really just need a month to pause, to reflect, to catch our breath. We have been working behind the scenes on a huge project that we will be rolling out in January, and we want to make sure that we have the appropriate amount of space to dedicate to that while also enjoying time off for the holidays. So... I'm doing something that I have never done before in over six years of podcasting, and we are taking the entire month of December off from releasing new podcast material. I feel like this is a real practice what I preach moment because I have been getting this internal call, call from inside the house, if you will, for a hot minute, and my body, she loves me so much that... Even when I was leaning away from the call, she was like, "Oh no, no, you don't, Erin. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flare some things up for you right quick because I'm not letting you do this again. Not letting you go dark on your inner voice and your inner knowing again. We are doing this, and I'm just so grateful that our sponsors are so terrific and so understanding, and we have the opportunity to give ourselves this sacred pause in this space that we all." Need. We will be back January 2nd, recharged and ready to go with a mega announcement. So definitely stay tuned for that. You're going to be interested in this. Trust me on this. And I will absolutely miss you all. I hope you all have wonderful holidays and, you know, enjoy the remainder of the year. So today, bioidentical hormones. We have a recent FNA grad, Elise Greenfield, on the show. And I really wanted to highlight her voice because it's showcasing a trend that we've seen through the past year. We are really seeing an uptick in non-RD students. So the majority of our students in the Functional Nutrition Academy have always been nutrition professionals and RDs, and that they still do make up the the majority. Uh, but we're seeing more chiropractors, acupuncturists, registered nurses, and nurse practitioners join FNA. And that's what Elise says. She is a nurse practitioner. So I just wanted to remind all of you guys that you can apply to FNA anytime talk with our team. You can schedule a discovery call with Rachel, talk to her about the program. She's our lead clinical mentor, and we can kind of get the process started. So that's exciting. Um, But like I said, Elise... Greenfield. She's a functional medicine nurse practitioner. She focuses on women's health and wellness and has over a decade experience in both conventional medicine settings and functional medicine settings. She's been a patient herself with chronic Lyme. She overcame complications of Lyme by blending these two medicines. And these experiences have led her to the conviction that there's really no one right way to health. There's no one path to health, which is what I say all of the time. And when she combines these two medicines, these two modalities appropriately, they can drastically improve people's life. So her practice is located in Dover, New Hampshire. That's right. She's a New Hampshire gal. And I'm just really excited for you all to get to hear from an FNA grad, and she can speak into this concept or this topic, uh, bioidentical hormones, in a way that nutrition professionals really can't. You know, she has a different a different angle in terms of her scope of practice. So that's why I was excited to bring her on the show. So without much further ado, here we go. Welcome back, friends. Today we're going to be talking about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, or BHR. T, we'll talk about what it is, um, how it differs from HRT. There's really a spectrum of opinions on the use of hormone replacement therapy. On the one side, it's presented as like the only option to balance your hormones. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's really villainized. So we're going to unpack. All of that today. Um, I'm really excited to announce our guest because she is an FNA, a Functional Nutrition Academy grad, Elise. So, welcome, Elise. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. And the reason that I wanted Elise to talk about this is because a lot of what we're going to get into is beyond the scope of what a nutrition professional or an RD would do in practice. Um, We had Lauren on episode 274, and she was talking a little bit about HRT, but really doing it from uh, more of a perspective of what we as nutrition professionals can do. Elise is an NP; she's a nurse practitioner, and so her scope of practice differs slightly. And I, so she's going to be talking about things from a clinical perspective that I wouldn't be able to see as a nutrition professional. Um, and e- before we even get into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to speak into that because we really have had an uptick in interest. Um, for the Functional Nutrition Academy from NPs, from RNs, from PAs, from chiropractors. And what a lot of people don't understand is that our curriculum is catered to medical professionals that beyond just RDs. Um, over a third of our current students and grads are actually not even RDs or nutrition professionals. There are other medical professionals. So, Elise, I really wanted to hear your perspective um, for anybody who's interested in FNA um, who's not an RD, who's not a nutrition professional. As a nurse practitioner, why were you interested in joining FNA, and what benefits have you received from the program?
1: Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. I was interested in FNA after. You know, listening to you on the podcast for many years, um, and just being a fan of your work, I have a lot of training and education, a lot of functional medicine training and education, and I felt kind of twofold that I was missing some implementation um, work. I needed some some support with that. And then I opened my own business, and I really appreciated your perspective on. Business, um, so both of those things combined made me join Functional Nutrition Academy, and I like absolutely don't regret it. So the um, the knowledge and training again really it did focus on implementation, which is again what I felt like I was needing. Um, and it was kind of the missing piece. My patients are getting better results. I feel more confident delivering care plans uh, I'm really identifying and treating what's happening. And then you have such an amazing way of explaining these like, complex topics um, and complicated processes to really make it more simplistic in a way that I... Ha- also can have language to give to my patients as well so um, as a tool to educate my patients and then of course like from the clinical um, in addition to the clinical piece the business and personal growth have been really um, priceless like you know improving my confidence as a business person understanding business because of course i didn't go to school to be a business person i went to school to be a clinician Um, so yeah really amazing investment and i would make it again and again
0: you know, what's so funny is, oh, uh, first of all, I'm so thrilled to hear that. And I, I like how you kind of talk about the ripple effect too. It's like, it's not just me that's receiving the benefits. It's my my patients, my clients as well. Um, but I I did go to school to be a business person. That's where I went to, went to college right out of high school. And I was like, I hate this. <laughs> it's like, it's all come back full circle where I'm like running a business. Anyway, I always get a kick out of that. Um okay so let's get into BHRT basics. Um what is it? In case somebody's not familiar with this term. What is it? And then also how does it differ from HRT, hormone replacement therapy? A lot of people are like, well it's a much more natural hormone replacement. Is that true? If so, why or why not?
1: Yeah, those are um obviously like key points. Um, And I want to answer those. And I want to just start by opening and saying that hormones have been, um, they've been a controversial topic. So even when women are menstruating, when we're going through menopause, we don't talk about symptoms, they're dismissed. Uh, Women are often offered a single solution, which tends to be birth control. And that doesn't go away when we go through menopause. There's a lot of red tape around hormone therapy, and even having a conversation with your provider about options um, when it leaves women feeling really lost and neglected at a vulnerable time so my whole perspective is really about alleviating suffering and that's why i do this work and that's at the core of today's conversation Uh, bioidentical hormone replacement can be a powerful tool to help alleviate that suffering Um, and we're going to talk about you know them providing symptom relief and that's something that should be considered Um, And you alluded to this in the beginning that, you know, there's kind of two sides of this spectrum and, you know, there's people that are, yes, everybody should get them and people that are, no, they're villainized. And the truth is in the middle, right? Like as with everything in medicine, there is a risk versus benefit. They're not right for everybody, but they can be exceptionally helpful and powerful in the right situation, um, you know, this is a hard time for women. They don't feel like themselves. Their body doesn't feel like their own, and they don't feel like they have a place to go to provide them with adequate support. And that's really hard. And women are suffering unnecessarily. Um, and that is where bioidentical hormones can come into play. So, to answer the question about what they are versus, you know, conventional hormones, and are they really natural? Uh, so, so there
0: wait, is- back up. So, when yeah. you're saying hormone replacement therapy is conventional hormones is that what is that what you mean when you say conventional hormones
1: so yes we're gonna t- um, i there's like two arms right so when we t- talk about hormone replacement therapy as a whole it's the idea of replacing hormones that are lost and then there's two kind of branches to that that i consider conventional hormone replacement therapy and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy um so i'm when i refer to Either I'll say like conventional or bioidentical because it does get confusing and it can be a mouthful. So, um, but please ask anytime that it doesn't, where it's not clear. Um, so, in general, there's confusion around hormone replacement. Um, but, like I, as I mentioned, there's two arms of conventional and bioidentical. Um, sometimes those words are used interchangeably, but they're not the same. So, the difference is that bioidenticals are chemically identical to the hormones our bodies produce. Conventional hormone replacement therapy is not. Um, So conventional hormone therapy are hormones our bodies don't necessarily recognize or know what to do with. Um, It it doesn't offer a balanced hormonal response the way bioidentical hormones do. Um, So an example of a conventional hormone replacement is Premarin. So that's one of the commercially available estrogen options. So that means you can get it at your local pharmacy versus having to get it at uh, like a compounding pharmacy. It's actually conjugated equine estrogen, or CEE, uh, and it's collected from the urine of mares, so horses. Uh, Mares make estrogen that we don't make, so what we're doing is introducing a foreign estrogen to our body when we take it. Provera is another commercially available prescription used for conventional HRT and often marketed as progesterone. It's a progestin, not a progesterone. We have to make that differentiation. We do not produce progestins. We produce progesterones. Um, So with conventional HRT, we're not replacing our body's natural hormones. It's not an exact match. Bioidentical hormones are Literally, as they sound bioidentical, they are the same structure and chemical match that our bodies make. So, our bodies understand what to do with that, that compound. Uh, the raw materials in this case are sourced from yams or soy, usually. And I do always add that people with soy allergies can use bioidenticals without an issue because the protein that causes the allergic response isn't present. Um, So sometimes BHRT is incorrectly referred to as natural, and I say incorrectly just because I think what people mean when they are looking for something natural or asking about natural hormone replacement is that they're looking for something that isn't a chemical or doesn't exist in nature, um, or sorry, that does exist in nature. And whether it's bioidenticals or conventional HRT, it's still manufactured in a lab or um, in a pharmacy, and I know it like I know it sounds like semantics, um, but the it's important because the differentiation isn't that bioidenticals are natural and conventional hormone therapy is not. The differentiation is that bioidenticals are an exact chemical
0: match for what our body produces. And that is better. Like so, you were saying, you know, for example, there's a difference between progestin and progesterone, and the potential benefit of these bioidentical ones are that they're an exact match. So, like, are is is the the philosophy or the theory that that that's better for our bodies?
1: Yes. So, and what the data actually shows is that there's less side effects too. So we see that there can be more adverse effects with the conventional hormone replacements versus bioidenticals um, you know they do get lumped into the same category a lot but when you actually piece apart the data and start to look at, at the individual options or the individual studies there is a difference between the bioidenticals and the conventional you are know, there are more apt to be negative effects from conventional HRT because as I mentioned it's our body doesn't know how to balance our hormones um, with conventional like it's using extra energy that it doesn't need to use because there are compounds in our bodies our body doesn't know how to utilize.
0: This one is for my low carb Barbies. If you're struggling with headaches, muscle cramps, or fatigue on a low-carb diet, you are probably low in electrolytes. This is for two reasons. One is that whole foods, keto, or low-carb diets are low in sodium. When you cut out packaged foods, you basically cut out your main dietary, dietary sources of sodium. Also, you excrete more sodium in a carb-restricted state. But the good news is that replenishing electrolytes can really rectify symptoms pretty darn quickly, Element is my personal electrolyte of choice. It's super yummy, has everything you need and nothing you don't. The reality is every single person needs electrolytes, but if you're active or you're on a low-carb diet, you really extra need electrolytes to feel and perform your best. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets for free with an Element order. It's a great way to try all the flavors or you could share them with a friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com forward slash funk. That is D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash F-U-N-K. Element offers a no questions asked refund so you can try it risk-free. Are you trying to get healthier? Maybe you want to eat better or move your body more, but you struggle with willpower, productivity, or focus. If so, I've got you. My brand new sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of their most research-backed nootropic ingredients in their ultimate brain fuel formula called Qualia Mind. It's been changing people's lives for years now. It's been changing mine for a few months, which is why I called them up and say, hey, do you want to sponsor the show? I love what your product is doing for my brain. Qualia Mind has really helped my focus, my mood, my willpower, my drive. I love it. All the ingredients really work in synergy with one another to support optimal brain function pathways, and you will feel it. If you don't, you can get your money back. Try it for 100 days, and if it doesn't work, if you're not totally stoked, get your money back. See what it can do for your mind. Go to neurohacker.com forward slash funk to save $100 off and 15% off of your first purchase when you use code funk. That's neurohacker.com forward slash F-U-N-K to try Qualia Mind with the code funk. Okay, podcast buddies. I want to take a sec to shout out Organify green apple juice. Yum. It's like a healthy apple juice with all the benefits of the original green juice. If you don't love the taste of the original green juice, this one is for you. It's made with organic apples that are hand-picked, Golden Delicious, Northern Spy, McIntosh, Ida Red, and Empire. So real deal apples are up in this blend. It also has the added benefit of 600 milligrams of ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that helps the body cope with stress and can balance out cortisol levels. It also has really potent and nourishing green plants like moringa, spirulina, and chlorella. It's so good. You're going to absolutely love it. Order it today. Head to organifi.com forward slash funk, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk, and you can save 20% off your order with the code F-U-N-K. In terms of consideration for like B H R T. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, "Okay, I think I'm, i might be a good candidate," how would they, how would they know that?
1: It's a good question. Um, so there's actually there's a few reasons to consider it. You know, the most obvious is symptom relief. So that's the classic symptoms of menopause that we think about. You know, hot flashes, night sweats, um, fatigue, brain fog. Uh, some women experience vaginal dryness, insomnia. Some people just don't feel right in their bodies. So that the symptoms are a great reason to consider it. And that's why uh, hormone therapy in general started being used years and years ago is to relieve symptoms. But another reason to consider uh, is longevity. So prevention of memory loss, uh, heart health, heart protection, and bone protection. You know, we're using bioidenticals in perimenopause and menopause. So the goal is to ideally start like in perimenopause or as close to menopause as possible versus waiting several years after menopause as has occurred. Um, It can still happen at that point, but the goal is to really help like promote homeostasis. So that, that balance in our body um, and to help maintain the level of hormone. So the longer we wait after menopause, the more um, the, the more careful that we have to be. Um, But at that point, when you're starting hormone therapy, bioidentical hormone therapy later on after menopause has happened, it's really for, longevity. So really for like quality of life. And again, um, supporting the brain, supporting the heart, supporting bones.
0: And so when you're talking about hormones, hormone replacement, what hormones are you talking about? Are you talking about estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all of the above, you know, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that based on hormone lab testing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, most often estrogen and progesterone. Um, Sometimes testosterone, although in the United States, testosterone for women is not FDA approved. Um, DHEA is also another hormone that can be used. Estrogen and progesterone tend to be kind of the biggest ones that uh, we think about and that we utilize
0: and how are you dosing those? Are you always basing them off of lab tests? And if so, what kind of labs are you are you running?
1: It's a good question. Um, so it is a combination of labs and symptoms. Um, so if somebody is coming for bioidenticals because they're having symptoms, we're looking for the lowest effective dose to help improve those symptoms. If somebody's just looking for... Um, longevity and they are past the point where they are symptomatic or they aren't experiencing any symptoms, then it would be the lowest effective dose that keeps their labs in a safe range. And when I'm talking about labs, for me, I do two different types of labs when I'm using bioidentical hormones. So I often... Do a Dutch test, um, almost always do a Dutch test, because that is showing us not just the levels of the hormones, but how our body is metabolizing the hormones. Um, If we need to do some liver support, because that's how estrogen is broken down in our body. Um, And then I will also do serum or blood testing, because that is a more convenient and easier way to monitor therapy. So it is a combination. Yeah, cheaper. (laughs) Cheaper as well. (laughs)
0: Um, if somebody were, if, if somebody were to, so now, you know, we're drilling into more of the Dutch test and looking at the part of the lab that shows us how we're clearing or metabolizing our estrogen and which pathways our estrogens are going down is, is that going to influence like the type of estrogen you use? This might be a dumb question, but this is just not you know my zone of genius for sure. Um, would that would that influence the type of estrogen that you're using? Are there different types of estrogen that you can use with B H R T? And then also, is that if somebody's metabolizing um, inefficiently or not clearing estrogen, um, would you be less apt to use estrogen? Or like you said, would you just be using the estrogen hormone replacement therapy and also supporting those uh, pathways in the liver as well?
1: There, um, the Dutch test wouldn't change the type of estrogen we use. So with bioidenticals, there are, there's, so we make three types of estrogen as humans, right? So we make estradiol, which is the predominant estrogen during our menstruating years, estrone, which kind of takes over during menopause, and then estriol, which tends to be predominant during pregnancy. But at any time, we have a combination of all three of those estrogens. Um, bioidentical hormones typically are, um, estradiol. We can also use estriol. Um, estrone has been used, but I don't use it and don't recommend it because it is not as, um, doesn't have the protective effects that the other estrogens do. So we're always using estradiol at a minimum. Um, estriol can be added if in a lot of cases, I do like to use estriol, um, and then, as far as you know, helping determine what like what happens with the liver and estrogen burden, you know, we looking at that data would help determine, kind of from that functional medicine perspective, how do we support the liver? How do we support your body um, breaking down and excreting estrogen appropriately? So if somebody is looks like they have a high estrogen burden or they're not detoxifying their estrogen really well, it doesn't preclude them from using. Bioidenticals it just means that we have some work to do on helping support all of the the detoxification pathways supporting the liver, making sure they're pooping every day making sure that you know the foundations are in place um, through both like
0: lifestyle and sometimes supplements. Okay and you know inquiring minds want to know now now you've piqued my interest. <laughs> what would be the situations where you would use uh, estriol or E3? Like what What would make you be like, this person needs a little extra E3. Like what would make you say that as a clinician?
1: So in general, I actually like to use that like kind of period. <laughs> like I just okay. like the combination of the two. The determining factors are usually convenience. Um, estradiol is available through the, the regular pharmacies. You can get it as a patch. Um, so that's like the Vival dot and you can get it. go to Rite Aid and get it. Um, So for some people, for the convenience of being able to go into the local pharmacy and using their insurance is really the determining factor. To use estradiol and estriol, it is compounded into a cream, so you have to have access to a compounding pharmacy. And most of them, you know, will mail things away. So if you don't have one locally, they will mail it. Um, But then it's, you know, utilizing a cream every day versus a patch you're changing every three days. So it It depends on what each person's preference is. I like estriol because it has anti-inflammatory and protective effects, but we can still use estradiol alone if somebody prefers a patch um, or doesn't want to use a cream.
0: Okay, and then um you know you've mentioned the protective effects of mm-hmm. estrogen a couple of times now, which is probably interesting for some people to hear because estrogen can get a really bad rap for a number of different reasons. Um, so speak to us and you, you have training in longevity. That's like one of your sort of specialties. Would you say that? Or am I just making that up?
1: Um, no, I do. I have training in that. Yeah. Yep. I
0: accept accept this. Yeah. I accept that. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit more about the protective effects of estrogen. And you said that you use BHRT for longevity. So you know how does this all fit together? How can this help us live longer, healthier lives with having more hormones, more estrogen?
1: What we understand now is that estrogen replacement can be really helpful for longevity. Uh, estrogen has over 400 functions in the body because we have estrogen receptors everywhere and not just in our reproductive system. So as our natural estrogen declines, uh, the functions elsewhere can be impacted. The loss of hormones are gonna lead to effects on brain function. So we can see things like memory loss, uh, insomnia, loss of muscle and skin tone, poor cellular function. There's an increase in oxidative stress, which is the DNA damage. Um, We can see changes in the gut diversity, some increased inflammation. So the loss of estrogen can cause, Quality of life and more, like more, more morbidity and mortality um, as we age. So adding adding estrogen actually can help with a lot of that. So one example is that we know the loss of estrogen has effects on things like osteoporosis and thus fracture risk. Women are more likely to be diagnosed with osteoporosis and the statistic is somewhere like one in five women over age 50 because what's happening over age 50, we lose estrogen. Um, And there are some studies that show adding estrogen therapy, uh, like bioidentical estrogen, and. It will even say that you know uh, conventional hormone therapy can also have this effect that it is protective of of our bones and it can help prevent more bone loss,
0: which is like a pretty big deal as we yeah. age. It's not something you're thinking about in your twenties and your thirties, maybe not even in your forties. But like, you know, I'm I'm turning forty and in, in like five months. So this is definitely, that's something that's more top of mind now is like, what can I put in place to support myself further on down the road? And I would just encourage anybody listening, you know, however old you are to kind of adopt that mentality Mm -hmm. um, or that mindset of like, what can I do now to make sure that I feel good in the future? So, I'm a big fan of rituals. I think they can help us feel connected, grounded, and anchored, which is so much of what we need right now. My current evening ritual is to make my mellow magnesium drink and listen to a Manifest Your Health meditation. Ned's Mellow Magnesium is a powerful daily magnesium supplement. It's literally my favorite magnesium. It has amino acids, trace minerals that promote memory, mood, brain function, stress response, nerve and muscle health, and sleep. The majority of American adults are deficient in magnesium, which is a mineral that's essential to hundreds of functions in the body. This is one of those nutrients we absolutely burn through during periods of stress, and low magnesium can contribute to even more feelings of stress and anxiety. Mellow also contains GABA and L-theanine, which have anti-anxiety effects. Lavender berry is my favorite flavor, and it is very pretty become the best version of yourself and get 15% off NED products with code FUNK. Go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code F-U-N-K at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, NED, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. One thing I do for blood sugar support, especially around my workouts, is amino acid supplementation. I put Keon aminos in my water bottle to take to the yoga studio or the gym, and I drink it either before or after my workout, sometimes both. I also like that it enhances my recovery. I feel less sore. Leucine-enriched amino acids help to reduce soreness and aid in muscle repair. And Keon Aminos contains 40% leucine plus all nine essential amino acids. So that's kind of why it's a really good fundamental support for fitness. It's backed by over 20 years of clinical research, highest quality ingredients. There's no fillers. There's no junk. It undergoes rigorous quality testing and tastes really good. Save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one time purchases. If you go to getkeon.com forward slash funk, that's G E T K I O N.com slash F U N K to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. You know what I thought was interesting is that you mentioned that lower estrogen or losing estrogen as we age can actually impact our gut diversity. And it's like we tend to think about that almost in reverse. Like um, our what's happening at the level of our microbiome can really influence our estrogen levels and our estrogen clearance. So I think it's just like one more way in which you know the body isn't like a step-by-step process. It's all so interconnected. I think that's really interesting. You know what I'm w- wondering about hormone replacement therapy is once you start, is this something that you have to continue forever?
1: That's a really good question. I think that the there's a little bit of um, disagreement about that. So as far as symptom management, if that's what we're utilizing it for, you know, you would continue to use it until symptoms seem well controlled and there are no symptoms. And then at that point, you could theoretically come off of it. As far as the longevity piece, um, what it. Appears to what we see is that when you come off of hormones, um, the the benefit of the benefit you received while you were on them is not there or it's not as robust. So there are a lot of women who do continue to use bioidentical therapy like through the the rest of their you know non-menstruating
0: years. Okay, and then when would you when would you start this? Obviously, you're talking about you know, perimenopause and menopause. And I heard you say that um, it makes sense. It's almost like preventative care. is kind of the way that I, I, I interpreted what you said. It's like the longer, you know, we move through the perimenopause and into the menopause process, the more challenging it might be to reduce symptoms um, without the use of HRT. So we want to start that early on in terms of symptom management. Um, Are you also advocating for people to combine that with dietary changes and lifestyle changes, or do you prefer people to start with the dietary and lifestyle changes first? Like where, where do you fall based on what you see clinically?
1: A little bit of both. You know, I think bioidentical hormone replacement really by itself can be really powerful. And then combined with the functional medicine tenants just makes it exponentially more effective so that is you know diet and lifestyle and looking at gut health and that's why i do a dutch test because we're looking at how we're metabolizing estrogen and um, really supporting all of those processes um, i i don't require people who come to see me to do all of the functional medicine things um, yes it is better and i see better results but i also don't think that we women should not have access to this because they're not in a place where they're ready to make these changes. I've also seen a few times too that, you know, the what happens during this time is we're just we're, women are so overwhelmed. They don't feel like themselves. They are stressed. They don't sleep. You know, they're they're physically not feeling like they can be in their body the way they used to. And the idea of having to now change how they're eating and add stress reduction and you know exercise and, and all the things that we know are helpful is just another thing on their to-do list and they're already overwhelmed. Sometimes just starting with bioidentical hormones is enough to help kind of add some balance and some stability so that then they can say, oh, okay, I actually think I have room to do these things. So then the change can come
0: afterwards. I think this is just like is opening up like a whole separate conversation too, which is like being so convicted in our beliefs about the correct approach as practitioners I'm talking about um, can really has the potential to limit our clients uh, capacity for healing. You know, we have to... Meet people where they're at, which is at this point such like a kind of like a trite cliche thing to say, but this is this is what it actually means to meet people where they're at. It's to hang your beliefs, you know, on a hook when they walk in the door and to really uh, take a like widen the lens of how we're seeing the human being sitting in front of us and saying, what is you know, what is the appropriate path or options for paths for them um, because I think what you're saying is kind of radically different than a lot of the messages that we receive in the functional medicine space which is you got you must like um you know collect two hundred dollars in order or you know what is like the monopoly saying do not collect 200 do not pass out like you've got, you've got to do all of these things before you can almost like earn the right for the next level intervention. And I, I, you know, I sort of subscribe to that. And also there's always exceptions to the rule and what I've seen. And I, I think... I think it, this requires you being in practice, working with people in order to like arrive at this. But what I've seen is that sometimes we need to do the thing that we have like deemed not correct in order to get people to a place where they can feel better and make the appropriate change. So even though it might seem counterintuitive or like opposite of what we you know typically say here, which is focus on the foundations, focus on the basics, do that first and see where you net out what i hear Ali saying is that yes and some people don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to do those basics and in giving them a little boost via bhrt can can stretch their capacity to be able to 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 feel well enough to attempt the basics
1: yeah absolutely that's definitely what i have seen happen and i agree i think we're on both sides of the aisle, kind of saying this is the way it is, like do it or else, and mm-hmm. that doesn't serve anybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might serve the people like right on the like. It might serve the people who need that kind of uh, that kind of approach, which is just like just tell me what to do, just tell me what to do, I'll do it. I just need a little kick in the pants and I'll get it done. And like that's probably not the majority of people, to be honest. Um, if somebody's listening to this and they're they're, they're like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this approach, but maybe um, would like a little bit more information so they're not feeling super nervous about it. Can you talk about how, you know, the, you, you mentioned there are some that are more of a topical cream. What are the different ways uh, that you can deliver hormones? Because I know that there's multiple. Um, which ways do you find the most success with, if, if you have an opinion there? Um, just so people can kind of know, like, what's a day in the life of somebody who's taking hormone replacement therapy?
1: Absolutely. Um, So we kind of alluded a little bit to the estrogen before. So you can get any of the bioidenticals at not any of them. I should rephrase that. You can utilize a regular pharmacy or a compounding pharmacy and depending on what your needs are will depend on which, which type or which pharmacy you can use in a a regular pharmacy, you can get the estradiol patches. Um, They also can offer progesterone orally so the, the benefit of that is, you know, of course, you walk into your pharmacy and you can just leave with it. The downside, um, we already talked a little bit about the estradiol, is that you, you, there is no estriol. There is no um, ability to add estriol to the, the patch through a regular pharmacy. The downsides of progesterone is that if um, somebody has a peanut allergy, can't use it. It's made with peanut oil. Mm. Um, and then the other downside is that there isn't any ability to change the dosing. So what what the dose is in the patch or the the pill that's that's a dose you get. And if somebody needs something a little bit more or less than what's available, we can't do that in um, in a typical pharmacy. Compounding is where you have kind of this whole realm of options available to you. So the delivery methods can include things like creams, liquids, trochies, which are little lozenges that can go under the tongue, capsules, you can get suppositories and pellets. Um, you know, compounding pharmacy is going to make the hormone to the specification of the person's needs. So that's obviously at the like discretion of the prescribing provider. Um, again, the benefits are that the dose can be adjusted, however, it needs to be in order to help support what that individual requires. Um, so, and again, more options available. So, you can combine estradiol with estriol. Um, and again, that estriol has anti inflammatory effects and it has some actually DNA damage protecting effects. And then There is also the ability to compound more than one hormone into one delivery method for ease. So after somebody has been on hormones for a little while and the dose is known, you know, you can add the estrogens with DHEA or testosterone if somebody is on testosterone. Um, And then also progesterone can be compounded to exclude peanut oil if somebody has that allergy. Um, I also do want to caveat that so both progesterone and DHEA can be found over the counter: progesterone in a cream, DHEA in um, like a capsule. And I really advise people, even though like it is available that way, to not just kind of willy nilly utilize it. I mean, they are hormones, and using them under the discretion of a trained provider is really important.
0: Yes, agreed wholeheartedly with that statement. I mean, it's to me, it's like a little bit bonkers that it's that you can get them over the counter. Um. So it sounds like you know if if cost and convenience were not a factor going the compounding route is maybe more beneficial just because you can really tweak what you're doing for the for the individual client or patient.
1: That's my preference, but again it's always a conversation with people and talking about the pros and cons of of each and meeting people where they are at.
0: What a good provider you are, (laughs) taking all of that into consideration.
1: Um, another thing to note about delivery methods is that estrogen can be compounded orally or in that troche form, which is the lozenge. Um, but oral estrogen is something I recommend avoiding when taken orally. It passes through the liver, and that's where we see negative effects of estrogen, so especially clotting risk. Um, I I never prescribe estrogen orally, and most of my or many of my colleagues who practice bioidenticals avoid it orally as well. Um, there is some suggestion that because a troche is sublingual means it goes under your tongue and it's absorbed through the mucosa and not through the GI tract, there isn't risk. But um, I just, you just can't ever guarantee that somebody isn't swallowing it, so I avoid it. Progesterone doesn't carry the same risk though, so oral progesterone is the best option because it's actually not absorbed quite as well through the skin like estrogen. Um, And then the one other caveat that you know I think it's important for women to know is when going on bioidentical hormones, estrogen should always be paired with progesterone. Um, Progesterone helps to balance the estrogen um, and help decrease the the negative estrogen burden that we talked about. Um, Conventional thinking says you don't need progesterone if you've had a hysterectomy because the only reason to give progesterone is. To thin the lining of the uterus. So, if you don't have a uterus, why do you need it? But again, progesterone is balancing out estrogen, and the loss of progesterone is huge. It shows up as anxiety and depression and irritability. It's also going to support sleep, help decrease pain and inflammation, um, help protect bone health. It decreases, uh, or sorry, it improves HDL by adding um, progesterone and can help. Um, improve weight, so it doesn't have the only benefit is not to thin the the lining of the uterus. So really, giving estrogen and progesterone together is important.
0: So we've we've talked through some of the benefits of BHRT, but we also know that there's a lot of fear and concern around around the use of hormone replacement therapy. Do you feel like that fear is? Is a good thing? Should we be using some trepidation or using some discernment with this? And I guess, where do those fears come from? Where do they originate from?
1: Yeah, those are good questions. Uh, You know, I think with any medical intervention, yes, there's always reason to be cautious, right? Nothing is risk-free. Um, What we're finding in the data is that there is actually less risk than we, we have been led to believe when we're using bioidenticals. A lot of the fears generated around bioidenticals came out of the Women's Health Initiative study, which was the study done in the 1990s and early 2000s that looked at hormone replacement therapy, and it had to be shut down early because of negative effects that study had a lot of issues and, you know, certainly like a whole podcast could be dedicated to breaking that apart. But the the general um, idea is it had a lot of issues and there was immediate criticism from um, other people in the industry. As soon as it came out that the data wasn't interpreted well, the study wasn't designed well, that they were, they were only looking at conventional hormone replacement therapy there. It wasn't bioidentical at all. And some of the conclusions that they that were drawn from that study, just were not were not statistically significant or an accurate representation of the data. And since then, there have been repeated studies that demonstrate either no risk um, or the same risk as the general population um, when people use bioidentical hormone replacements.
0: Okay, so the if if folks are citing that study. As a way to say, "Hey, HRT is not safe," like categorically across the board. um, We maybe that's not like the best study to to reference to to really showcase that. And also, it wasn't looking at bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Like those are like the two big takeaways I would say from that. Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, we're talking, you know, we're not really getting into the nitty gritty of perimenopause, menopause, but I know that something that you kind of hold space for is this transition into like the mother, into the crone archetype, which is um, really rough. I mean, I honestly still feel like I'm stuck in like the mo- maiden to mother transition. Like I was completely unprepared for that. Nobody told me about that. I was like, I just walked through this threshold that I was unprepared for. And now I am a mother and no longer a maiden. And holy hell, that feels weird. Um, and so I can imagine that was almost 10 years ago. So I can imagine that stepping into the next kind of archetypal transition would be equally as rough and tumble, if not more. And I, I'm just curious if you have any um, words of wisdom to share. I always preface this conversation also by saying, I myself have not been through menopause, have not been through that transition. Elise, I know that same for you, but you, we are working with people who um, who navigate this and and we can at the very least hold space for conversations about this too. So what would you say to anybody who is Uh, going through that transition and feeling some feelings about it? You
1: know, so um, as Aaron said, you know, I haven't gone through this myself, but what I see is a lot of women who, who feel like this is just, they're just supposed to suffer, right? Because as I talked about in the beginning, in our culture, we don't really talk about hormones a whole lot. And then when we do, it's kind of like, well, this is just your woman. This is just what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And the options are really are limited or women are just made to feel that there aren't any options. And so I think the overall message is we're not meant to suffer. There are providers out there that are willing and able to help you. And if you are in a situation where your provider is not offering that, you can fire them. I mean, you can can find an alternative to what you're experiencing. Um, And then just knowing that, again, we are not meant to suffer and there are there are ways to help support you through this transition.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful closing sentiment. Um, I remember um, years ago, uh, somebody saying to me, motherhood is the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> I was like, I don't... I would prefer that not to be true for me, but that collectively we are just okay with women suffering, period, end of story. And so what you're saying is like, that doesn't have to be our existence and our reality anymore. We actually have more tools at our disposal than ever before. So let's lean on that support. Let's lean on those resources. Um, Elise, thank you so much for sharing some of your wisdom with us. Can you tell listeners where they can find more of you? Absolutely.
1: Um, so you can find me online and my website, which is ww.alisegreenfield.com, and that's elise with an A. Um, I'm on Instagram at thegreen underscore NP, and my office is located in
0: Dover, New Hampshire. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.